The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to Heart Health Radio Saturdays at noon right here. I'm Dave Alexander. Here is Dr. Franklin Weefald. How are you? I'm doing very well. Had a good week. Good. Uh, You know what? I feel great. You know why? Why is that? I slept really good last night. Very good. And we've been talking about this sleep. And then there was a commercial for the sleep people. Right. Get some sleep. Yeah. Hello to Parkway Sleep Center. Folks, we'll have you on eventually. James in Raleigh, who we think should be names... Uh, named James, James, James from Raleigh. <laughs> da, da, da. How Welcome. you doing, James? Hey, how you doing? Good. Thanks for kicking us off. What do you have today? Yeah, uh, thank you for the service. Um, I am somebody who's had a lot of heart problems all my life, basically since 2000. I've almost lost my life about 13 times. But uh, they take me forever to talk about that. But recently... Uh, They've discovered that I have a bad, real bad leaky valve, and the pressure in my heart doesn't want to work right with my lungs and pushing the blood over to the lungs so they can be reoxygenated. Uh, they've even come close to even telling me that I might need a heart and lung transplant. But I think they've kind of ruled that out. You know, I'm 64. It's liable to kill me. You're young. Anyway, uh, I wanted to talk to you about a valve replacement and they actually have some procedures where they don't have to crack you open they go up through your legs you know how they work do that with the gadgets and um it's one fellow over at wake may i go to duke but uh it's a wake med doctor called dr go who actually has figured out a way to do a uh, valve replacement by going through your legs with the um to, you know the, the wires and the tools or whatever they are and but the die, my pulmonary heart specialist over at Duke said they do the same thing, but he said they actually go up in there and they put like a strong clip on the uh, valve to make it not leak as bad. And 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 I have had hypertrophic heart all my life. Basically, started in 2000. You know where to have where you have the big heart, and they talked about shaving it down somehow for the life of me. I don't know how they're going to do that, but. All right, but well, anyway, I was wondering if the Dr. Go guy maybe has a better way of doing, uh, I wonder if there's a better way to make a, a valve replacement by going up through your leg. Well, you That'd know, this is question. so great. Um, in fact, I have myself about 10 people who have had this procedure. It's called a mitra clip. Now, let me, it's the mitral valve. Can you and, uh, get a little louder? My, my, my yeah. bad hearing. Yeah, go ahead and uh, turn off your radio. Anyway, the the mitra clip is just what it says. It's a clip. Let's let's do a little bit of background. So the mitral valve controls the flow of blood between the lungs and the left heart. So when the left heart, which pumps for the body, when it pumps, this valve has to close. Now it's like a parachute. It's not an active closure. Um, there is a little bit, but it captures the blood flowing backwards toward the lungs and then seals the, the the opening so the blood can't flow back. Sounds like you've got mitral regurgitation. 
So when you talk about a leaky valve, it doesn't leak outside the heart. It do, it leaks through that opening, so the blood doesn't flow only in one direction. It's supposed to flow out to the body. When that happens, pressure builds up in the lungs. You can get what's called pulmonary hypertension, and I think that's what he's describing. And the reason why they're talking about a heart-lung transplant as possible, is that you have to replace those pulmonary arteries. And the only way you can do it is to replace the whole kit and caboodle. Now, let's talk about this MitraClip. Before, they had to crack your chest, open up your heart, put it on a heart-lung bypass machine, and then actually cut out the old valve and put in a new one. These are made of mechanical uh, components um, that open and close according to the blood flow, and and appropriately so. They also make them out of cow tissue and pig tissue. Well, somebody said, wait a minute, the valve is redundant. It's floppy. It doesn't close because extra tissue allows the blood to flow out. What if we went up your leg, went into the heart, and then clipped those extra bits of tissue together so that the valve would more likely to be closed? And so they put two clips in, and it's the most amazing thing. They go up your leg, they go across the aortic valve, which is the valve that controls the flow of blood out of the heart. Then, under guidance by an ultrasound, they find those two clips, mm-hmm. I mean those two tissues, and clip them together so that no longer does the blood flow backwards much. It's captured by a shortened valve, so it no longer leaks backwards and it goes forwards. It's a great procedure. The people who do it at Wake Med are awesome. Um, Franny Wood is one of them, and uh, Bolton, Dr. Bolton, is the other one. They work together, and it's been a great procedure. Now, at Duke, the guy who is involved in the valve stuff is uh, actually someone I was an intern with. And he's a great guy, Kevin Harrison. So it looks like you've got some really good doctors ahead of you. Sounds like you also have something called idiopathic hypertrophic uh, subaortic stenosis. Is that what they've called it for you? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens? That's the full name. Yeah, IHSS. And when that happens, the, the septum, which is the muscle between the right and the left heart, grows too much. And it blocks the flow of blood outside uh, into the aorta. And often you can have a leaky mitral valve with this because the mitral valve gets sucked over and actually kisses that um, enlarged septum. Sounds like you've got some great doctors. Have they decided what they want to do yet? Or are they still thinking about no, it, scratching their head? Like, uh, the, my pulmonary doctor, pulmonary heart doctor, he's talking to the guy over at Duke, yeah. uh, the guy I guess you mentioned. And uh, they're trying to see if they can do that. And, uh, yeah, I've had um, a lot of weird surgeries uh, almost in 2000. I think I was like the second person in the world experimental with a uh, alcohol ablation procedure. Right. With, that is so cool. And c- controlled heart attack on my septum. Right. So, to make it smaller. Exactly right. Exactly what you're talking about. To make it smaller. Chambers bigger, more blood. Yeah. Well, what they do with that is they do like a heart catheterization where they go in your groin or in your wrist and mm-hmm. they thread a little plastic tube up into the area right above the arteries. They're called the coronary arteries. And then you put this catheter in there and you inject a clear liquid called contrast that allows you to see 
all of the arteries. And then they slip this little teeny weeny tube mm-hmm. into the septal artery and then infuse ethyl alcohol, which destroys the tissue. And you sound like, it sounds like, what are you doing? You're causing a heart attack? Yeah, because you want to yeah, get that yeah, extra yeah, my, tissue now. My, my brothers told me my heart was drunk. Was what? <laughs> His heart was drunk. Well, uh, yeah, and that can happen. I've had, it, had it, I've had it done back in 2000. Did it work? Well, it worked up to 07, and they told me, you know, a lot of electrical goes to your septum. Right. They told me I could end up with a pacemaker. Right. And, Sometimes they use a pacemaker and, for what you have. In yeah. 07, I almost died because it, my heart, my bottom, bottom part of my heart shut down on Thanksgiving Eve, which is a bad time to get sick. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. there. But, well, I've been there on Thanksgiving. I survived it somehow. Yeah. Well, you you sound like a walking, talking encyclopedia of cardiology. And someone, you know, you're here. Nobody's got a heart like me. Yeah, you're here because of the greatness of the medical system in America. So if you're out there listening to all these liberals saying how bad our medical system is, mm-hmm. huh. O'Reilly. James from Raleigh, not O'Reilly. James, James, James from Raleigh. James, can I ask you a big favor? Yes, sir. All right, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to put you on hold and ask the producer of this radio show to get your telephone number. Now, we're not marketing to you. No operators will call you and ask you to buy a magazine or something. We're not marketing for Dr. Weefold's cardiac uh, business. I would like at some point to have people who have had complicated heart issues come in the studio. Absolutely. I think we want to have a show called I am having a heart attack well, or you know I be, had a heart you know attack. It'd be really cool. Is once that? he gets his Yeah, once you get your clip, let's have you and your doctor here in the studio yeah. talking about how it went. Of course now you you gotta do well. Okay. You gotta do well. Well, yeah. James, I know you will. I'm sure you will. We're going to put you on hold and make make that happen. If you agree, please give us your telephone number so we can contact you. And if you ever do call this radio show, and if you want to be involved in a program like that, maybe come into WPTF absolutely and, and do this. I, I think that would be an excellent yeah. thing. Thank you, James. He kicked and listen, us off I'm, well. I'm, I'm pulling for you. If it is Kevin Harrison, he's a real tall dude, uh-huh. and he prematurely gray. He was totally gray when we were 26 at Johns <laughs> Hopkins. The smartest doctor yeah. I've ever met. Wow. Yeah. And you went to Johns Hopkins. And, and, and Duke. So, yeah, so, he went to Duke. Yeah. Uh, he was the chief resident at Johns Hopkins. And that is, you know, a very, very prestigious appointment. Right. And then he started doing valve work 30 years ago. And okay. it's progressed to the point he's a pioneer. He's a great guy. I hope right. he. I hope he's your doctor because he's fantastic. All right, thank you, James. We got fake news coming up about the coronavirus. Also, something called free birth, <sighs> giving birth with no help at all. Absolutely and, not. And uh, and the American Heart Association changes its mind about research we talked about last week. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Famous 
fake news segment from the fake news desk. Here is Dr. Franklin Weefall. I'm right now wearing one of those uh, tinfoil hats. It's, it's fake. He's, <laughs> he's talking about news that you see on Facebook or on the Internet or even in a newspaper, and it's right, wrong. Right. So what's leading well, off the I, fake I news? I'm very, I told you all about this earlier. I'm very upset at the American Heart Association because they published an article saying that if you smoked an e-cigarette, you had a much higher chance of having had a heart attack. Now, that sounds like e-cigarettes cause heart attack. Sure. Well, the problem with the study was is that a bunch of these people had had heart attacks before they ever puffed on an (laughs) e-cigarette. So that's the ultimate in fake news. And thank gosh that the American Heart Association has retracted the story. Yeah. And they've actually apologized. You can't study something and then say, well, okay, two years before your heart attack – or two years after your heart attack, you took this medicine or you ingested this stuff. Right. And so, therefore, and, and you, lump you in. those people who ingested this stuff were more likely to have had heart attacks. That makes no sense. It's right. like saying, you know, you bought a Cadillac four years after your, your heart attack. Right. And therefore, buying a heart attack is a higher risk for having had a heart attack. All right. Is there a risk with vaping or with right, these I'm things. going to say this. I'm going out on a limb here yeah. because it hasn't been studied. What you do is you take, you know, 5,000 people mm-hmm. who have had heart attacks or have a risk for heart attacks, right. have half of them do the e-cigarette, mm-hmm. and then have half of them smoke and see if doing an e-cigarette actually reduces your risk compared to smoking. And I use the e-cigarette. I'm down to about five a day. Okay. It's the brown stuff, the tar. It's the smoke, not the nicotine. So what you're telling me is burning tobacco is more right, more likely to be damaging to you right. than what okay. you think of the and, and e-cigarette. And here's, here's indirect proof. If you live in New York City, yeah. it is equivalent to smoking half a pack a day in terms of mm-hmm. the chemicals that you inhale. Mm-hmm. And so there is a higher risk for those people who are around it. Can we talk about the coronavirus yes. and fake news? First of all, we have 77,900 and change people, mostly in mainland China, but it's leaking it's out. It's leaking out. It's, it's spreading. Yeah. Having the coronavirus. Well, here's the fake news about the coronavirus. It was not created by the Chinese government in a secret virus you know, uh, warfare lab yeah. in Wuhan that okay. leaked out. It's clearly coming from the wild game um, uh, facilities, yeah. you know, the markets. And it, it's starting to scare me. Now, I wasn't part of the panic group. I'm not part of the panic group now. But it's starting to scare me because the other countries are not being as careful as we are. The CDC, Centers for Disease Control, uh, we're in a different segment now, but I'll give them a shout out. They're mm-hmm. doing the right thing. The cruise ship? Yeah. What craziness was that to just lock them all up on the cruise ship, but not isolate each individual? They were, you know, walking around having fun. Yeah. And what happened? It got spread. Sure did. And and I think that we need to just realize all the stuff that you read about the coronavirus that sounds outlandish mm-hmm. and insane probably is. And so what I'm going to say, the rest of the show, anybody who's got a question about the coronavirus, call in. Yeah. Because I can answer them and, and either ease your mind or scare you. 
there's a theory now that the coronavirus in China especially has been spread because of fecal transmission. And that is true. In other words, people not washing their hands properly well, after a visit to the Here's bathroom. one of the problems in China in terms of public toilets. Yeah. And I d- adopted my daughter Emily, my beautiful, wonderful, smart daughter Emily from Wuhan yeah. in 2004. And I went to a public bathroom in a Chinese restaurant. You know what it was? Yeah. The hole in the ground. Really? It's called a squat toilet. I'm not kidding you. I'm, okay. This is not fake news. I know. And you had to literally squat. And what happened? Uh, there was backsplash. It was disgusting. Yeah. But that's a, a common thing. And so it's been spread that way. That's could, been proven. Could you wash your hands? There was no place to wash your hands. Yeah. Okay. We cannot have a modern country, a so-called first world nation. Right. Without places to wash right. your hands. Now, I'm doing something that I told people wasn't necessary. What's that? I'm carrying a can of Lysol. Really? Spray. And if I have to use the public restroom, I am spraying the John. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying this is necessary. This is what I'm doing for me because it is spread through poop. No. And you got to be really careful. And what is What is free birth? Free birth is? It's when you just... Sit at home, yeah, and push your baby out with nobody else around except your hubby. And this is the thing women are doing yeah. this. Yeah, and you know there there are chat rooms and there are internet you know uh, websites that are encouraging this. And I think it's part of the whole left liberal wing. You know, hate technology, hate doctors. Yeah, do it yourself, yeah. baby production. And I think that if you if you even contemplate that. Please, please don't do it. The story we're reacting to is about a woman who was going through childbirth, had no one there. And, and, and had a, a stuck baby. Okay, oh. so she wasn't progressing. Yeah. And, and she didn't want to disappoint the folks on the websites. Really? Like, I couldn't go through with this. And so the baby died. Oh, my. And so once the labor wasn't progressing, and it was like, 36 hours wow. the baby was dead wow. and she went to the hospital and had to have in, an induction they sure. gave you medicine to push this baby out and yeah. the baby was dead uh, so you know don't hate the medical field i mean we're great and um childbirth especially it used to be at home the doctor used to come there's no reason for it i mean we have a very low um, maternal death rate and fetal death rate. And there, it could be better. Um, there are women who are not getting prenatal care, especially in the inner cities. And so our you know, mortality rate for babies being born is higher than it should be. But it certainly will only be higher if we do this free birth crap. Yeah, And that's what it is. Let's talk to Shorty and Selma and Lenny and Holly Springs. We're going to get you on He's in the waiting room. Lenny, it's a short wait. Trust me on this. Hi, Shorty. Good morning. Hey. Shorty is, if if I'm correct here, Shorty is one of the most famous patients of Dr. Franklin Weefold. The famous. Yes, I am. How are you doing today? Are you having trouble or are you doing, doing great? Good. And on the free birth, I have a friend that had a daughter last year. Yes. By free birth. Wow. Beautiful little girl. No problems, but she's already had 
Right, and so you're probably going to be okay, especially uh, if you're a... Everything well, was fine, but no, I'm chicken. I, w- I couldn't have done that. Yeah. Even in my... How many, how many kids did you have, Shorty? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing better. I got still got a little bit of double vision in this left eye. Yep. Shorty, tell us about what happened. I don't know, really. Uh, well, you went, you went to the eye doctor, and he said you'd had an eye stroke, right? I had an eye infection first. Right. And then we got that out, and when I went back to, to the doctor, he said that uh, I may, I had a weak muscle. That's what he said. Oh, okay. And when I went back, he said I may have had a small stroke. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went by last Friday to talk to you. Yeah, well, we... we we are concerned about that. There's, there's a couple things. If your eye muscle becomes weak, uh, the abducens muscle, that's the sixth cranial nerve, and sometimes you can have a small stroke in the brain, and it only affects that, and therefore your eye <coughs> gets lazy and can't move in a certain direction. The other type of eye stroke is in the eyeball. The eyeball has blood vessels, and sometimes little bits of cholesterol or little clots can go up from the neck or the heart and lodge into the tiny arteries of the brain and the arteries of the eye. So, rightly so, uh, the eye doctor sent her back to me and we have checked her out. We don't have a cause for that yet. We don't, her arteries are good in the brain, arteries are good in the neck and the heart too. So, Shorty, we're going to get you better. I just don't know how to do it yet. Well, he did tell me this, that uh, back when children were cross-eyed, that they could I go in and fix that. Yeah, that's called strabismus surgery. I can go in and do adults. Yeah. And so I I go back to him in May. Okay, yeah. I'll see you soon. Shorty, we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation just by listening to this show, Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. You can listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at WPTF.com. Find links at hearthealthradio.com or you could just listen as you are now. Good for you. You found us. Lenny in Holly Springs, how you doing? I'm having a good day, thank you. Excellent. I'm worried about uh, I'm going on a cruise, leaving tomorrow. Uh-oh. And got the obvious concerns, but, I mean, we're going to do all the natural stuff like wash our hands, Lysol spray, and all that kind of stuff. Anything else I could, should do. Anything else? Any suggestions? Well, I, yeah. Where's the cruise originating? Uh, New Orleans. Oh, okay. Um, I used to tell people, you have to avoid those who've been to Asia in the last couple of weeks. But now... Here's the thing, Lenny, is that there are asymptomatic carriers. So then you have to say to yourself, has this person been contacted with one person who was contacted with a guy from Asia? Yeah. So here, here's what I recommend. And I usually, I didn't used to do this, but yeah, yeah. Spray um, the door handles, wash your hands, singing happy birthday, um, and don't use the public toilets. Uh, the first thing I would do when I get on it, when I got on a cruise ship, mm-hmm. I would do now, and I recommend to you is disinfect your toilet, disinfect okay. the handles on the uh, sinks, your doorknobs, disinfect the doorknobs, the remote controller, 
to the TV in the room. Yeah. Disinfect that. And then um, I'm going to bring your own pillow. Okay. I'm serious. Ah, that's a good one. Bring your own pillow. And then when you're out and about in in the cruise ship, um, you know, just be careful who you contact with. I wouldn't shake hands. Um, and that mm-hmm. sounds terrible. But mm-hmm. When you meet somebody, just don't shake their hand. You can do an elbow bump. Um, if someone around you is sneezing, uh, kind of move away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> don't wear a mask. Uh, the masks don't help. The only thing that masks help are encouraging you not to touch your nose. And I would say that. Do the best you can not to rub your nose. Now, the coronavirus does seem to be killed by alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Yeah. So carry around one of those. Now, it sounds crazy, but I'm going to tell you what you're more at risk for. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, those diarrhea illnesses that are going on cruise ships. And so doing this will also help you to prevent getting the runs, which would, you know, ruin your day. Yeah. Right. Let me tell you, Lenny, that the hand sanitizer now comes in little tiny containers mm-hmm. that you, with a hook on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And you just get yourself a lanyard and you hang it around your neck. Nobody's going to shake your hand because they see that thing. Yeah. Now, okay. If, if you want to get through the buffet line. Really quickly. Yes. Okay. No. Sneeze and then say, yeah, I've had this since I got back from Wuhan. And then they'll clear out and you can get all the food you want quick. And Lenny, really, if you learn a simple phrase or two in Chinese, uh, your Mandarin, you know, you can certainly get through. That's terrible. Before the show starts, I'm I'm half Chinese, and I I do my little Chinese accent, and and Dave says, don't do this on the show. So I won't. He's imitating his own mother, which can offend people from every walk of life. Right. Guys, he's making fun of his mom. Yeah. Have fun, Lenny. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. I'll, Take call care. You, I'll call you when I get back. Later. Hey, yeah, let me know. Please do. You might be calling from an isolation unit. You never know. <laughs> you never know. All right. Thank you, Lenny. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah, if they do put you on lockdown, don't walk around the ship. If they put yeah. that ship, you know, five miles offshore, don't greet people around the ship because right. that's how get, those get people your room come. and shut the door. Hey, do you ever bring your own pillows on trips? No, I do all the time. Yeah. Well, if a car trip, especially, Mm -hmm. because I love my pillow. You do. Yeah. I'm not talking about the my pillow. It's on TV or on the radio. I'm talking about my pillow. Now, the other thing I'm going to tell you, this is a a good, good time to tell you something about your pillows. Every three months, either replace them. Yes. Or wash them like in a very, very hot um, uh, washing machine. Yeah. After you've frozen them. In your deep freeze. Yes. Because dust mites are the number one cause of allergies, constant allergies. If you wake up with a snotty nose, it's your pillow because they gain weight. If someone told me, and I've never tried this because I I clean my pillows, I I generally get new ones, but you can get half a pound. If you weigh your pillow, and then one year later weigh your pillow, it's a half a pound heavier, and that's all dust mites. So freeze your pillow. Every three months for about three hours, then put it in the washer at the highest temperature you can get. Don't use bleach. Don't use fabric softener because that can hurt your nose too. Okay. And then you won't have as many dust mites. This has been the creepiest segment on this radio show in a long time. No, it hasn't. 
I'm itching now, and I'm going to go throw out my pillow after I freeze it. All right. What is a silent heart attack? Okay. This is National Heart Month, and I wanted to talk about silent heart attacks. There's a lady who went in to have her stomach looked at by her doctor. Yeah. And her doctor was very, very smart. And and he said, look, you know, this doesn't sound like a stomach ache. She had discomfort right in the lower portion of her sternum. Mm Mm-hmm. And it came on when she would eat, so that sounded like the stomach. But she also had severe shortness of breath and was very tired. To make a long story short, there was nothing wrong with her stomach. It was her heart not getting enough blood flow. And it can cause symptoms that sound like indigestion. Yeah. It sound like heartburn. Yeah. And so the doctor was smart, got her evaluated, got a stress test, and she wound up getting open heart surgery. Wow. So silent, what does that mean? It means that it's not the classic. So, you know, everybody says mid-sternal burning or chest discomfort. I don't know where mid-sternal on. is. Well, I'm sorry. The sternum is that bone in the middle of your chest. Okay. And so the mid-portion is right near where the heart is, and it burns and it's tight. Yeah. The old proverbial elephant on your chest. Yeah. And sometimes it radiates the left arm up to your jaw, shortness of breath, sweatiness. That's pretty rare. I mean, I've been Mm -hmm. doing this for 30 years, and I can tell you on my right hand the number of people who've presented with those symptoms. Fatigue, um, sweatiness, uh, shortness of breath, sudden severe shortness of breath. And we talked about this before, and you laughed at me, but the feeling of impending doom. Yeah. I mean, you know something's wrong. Uh, discomfort in your stomach. Believe it or not, the bottom part of the heart sits on your diaphragm. Right below that is your tummy, yeah. your stomach. And so it can feel like a stomachache. If you're feeling terrible, if you have something that you know isn't right, go see your doctor. Be very careful explaining the symptoms. But the most important thing is to say, I feel terrible. I don't feel great. Yeah. Now, I've had people with serious heart trouble who feel fine. And yeah. that's true silent problems. How do we pick that up? Abnormal EKG. You know, maybe sometimes you drag out at them when they say they feel fine, that they really don't feel fine. I had a guy who told me he was great. I said, how much physical activity are you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm climbing ladders, fixing the stuff in my gutters. I said, how do you do with that? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, I get to the top. I feel terrible. Yeah. Well, he wound up having open heart surgery because that's exertion. I mean, you climb in a ladder. Yeah. You're pulling your weight up a sure. ladder. So don't hesitate. There's no such thing as a false alarm. It may be your stomach. In which you can say, great, it's not my heart. Mm-hmm. So this is National Heart Month. Pay attention. The symptoms are rarely classic. We are now in the second wave of the flu. Oh, bad. What does that mean? Okay, so influenza B this year hit the kids. And we only had, in the, in the flu vaccine, we had two A's. Yeah. So influenza A is one type. And then we had one B in the vaccine, and the kids got B. It was a, some of it was the B we expected. Some of it wasn't. Um, but it was bad. And now, adults, there's a second wave. It's the A's. H1N1, which we used to, like, quiver in our boots about. But the H1N1 was in the vaccine. So if you get the H1N1, it's generally going to be less spectacular than if you hadn't had the vaccine. So... Here's my spiel, and Pam, my transcriptionist, is going to hold her ears because she's sick of hearing about the flu. Go get your flu shot. If you haven't had it, you can still get it. 
and it will protect you. You may get influenza, less likely to, but it'll be a generally shorter and less severe disease, illness. Uh, a few months ago, we talked about getting a second flu shot. Yes. And am I correct in yeah. remembering you did this? I did. Yeah. Now, it's not paid for. I whipped out the wallet and paid yeah. the cash for That's it. That's fine. Uh, I haven't gotten uh, a serious influenza illness, even though I've been around some. I thought I did. Um, I was muscle aches and fevers, but it was negative. Yeah. But, you know, just do it. There's no reason not to. Just, just like, be a Nike. Just do it. Just do it. CDC, our Centers for Disease Control, estimate, gosh, this is a terrible estimate, between 16,000 and 41,000 flu deaths. It's awful. This season, it's which, awful. of course, started in October 2019, but I, that they don't know whether it's 16,000 or 41,000, I'm concerned about. But there have been 40 on the upper end, the upper estimate, Flu illnesses this season, just since October 1 of 2019, 41 million right. flu illnesses. Yeah. Wow. It's bad. Um, and people don't realize, until the vaccines came along, until we got some anti-flu medications like Tamiflu, yeah. in 1918, 50 million people died of influenza. And some of them died... Getting sick at 10 a.m., they were dead by 4 p.m. Wow. And that was a horrible, horrible situation. We, we have some herd immunity. There is some immunity left over from last year's vaccine. So generally, people aren't dropping as, and, and dying like we used to. Right. But there still could be a horrible influenza. And I think the coronavirus tells us that these new viruses that come out that we haven't been exposed to – can spread all over the world very quickly. And the World Health Association is is saying this may be what they were fearing, is that a new virus we've never been exposed to that is a serious one, but also what makes this bad is that we've now discovered there are carriers who are infectious who have no symptoms. Their immune systems are for some reason holding it in check, but they're still shedding virus to other people. Wow. So it's scary. I didn't want to tell people that I was scared about this. Now, maybe next week we'll have some news that it's under control. Uh-huh. They're using HIV um, antivirals. They're using Tamiflu. They're using chloroquine, which is a malaria drug. And they think it may be having an impact. It's hard to do the studies, though, because we can do give one person a placebo nope. who is dying of coronavirus. Nope. So um, there's hope. Now, the problem with the vaccine, it's going to be tough to produce, but also, you know how long it takes for vaccines to be approved by the FDA? Three years in general. Wow. So this would be one that they would give for humanitarian reasons um, without it being completely and totally flushed out in terms of safety and efficacy. Sure. But we got to do something. If this continues to spread, um, and it's in many countries now that do not have a CDC and do not properly um, isolate people. And now, I don't know if this is fake news. What? Um, I saw it on TV, but there are apparently some wacko cults in South Korea that are intentionally spreading the virus, saying that it was brought on by God to punish people. 33 of South Korea's confirmed cases as of February 20th. 
linked to a group called the Church of Jesus Temple of the Tabernacle of the Testimony. And they are intentionally giving each other the Wuhan virus. That's insane. Yes, it is. Hey, we're going to talk about a couple of people in groups that have done some great things in our shout-out segment, which is coming up. Also, we're going to play a little violin music for you. Not sad violin music, but it turned out it's under strange circumstances. That coming up and your phone call if you dial 919-860-9783 on the Heart Health Radio Network. You know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout. Come on now, don't forget to say you will. It's weird that every week two adult men in the studio are flashing jazz hands up in the air. That's wild. To the rhythm of shout, take your hands up and shout. Okay. So what's Mended Hearts? Well, Mended Hearts is a great program. You know, I saw a story that um, I wanted to share mm-hmm. about friendships. And friendships and support make you live longer. And it's not just cardiac. Well, there's a program in Raleigh called Mended Hearts. And what that is is a support group where people who've had heart problems, either atrial fibrillation, bypass surgery, defibrillators, pacemakers, they get together. Yeah. And um, exercise physiologist Amy Burling of Wake Med Carry Cardiac Rehab is involved, and they do all sorts of things to help. And there is a Washington, D.C. lobby trip, March 2nd and March 3rd, related to cardiac rehab to increase patient access. Now, there's a new volunteer. I want to shout him out. John Trundle. Trundle was diagnosed with AFib. And then he wound up having a triple bypass, and then he had to have a valve repair. And he is part of the program. So look it up. I wish I had the number. Are you looking up the number? Call Mended Hearts. Okay, I will. Get involved. I think it's a great, great thing. Do we and, have another shout-out? Yes, I do. Uh, Anne Fontaine, my ex-wife, the mother of three of my children. Yeah. She had a stroke. Oh, no. Yeah, so I get a call about late at night from all my kids that she couldn't talk. All of a mm. sudden, couldn't talk. So they had taken her to the ER, and they then she sort of progressing and couldn't move her arm. Everybody was really upset. So they this is in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, Woonsocket. Mm. And they took her to Rhode Island Hospital, and immediately the invasive radiologists and cardiologists got together, yeah. threaded a tube up from her leg into her brain found the clot that was causing her to have her stroke, and they removed it. Yes. The next day, she was talking. Uh, Physically, she's fine. MRI of the brain showed no permanent brain damage. Amen. And um, she's talking, walking, happy. The kids were up there um, helping her out. So shout out to you, Anne, uh, and her doctors. Got and a now, telephone, yes. Yeah, no. And one more thing. Yeah. If this had happened 20 years ago, she'd oh be paralyzed. Oh, my. And so, again, if you listen to Bernie, crazy Bernie, comrade Bernie Sanders, about how horrible our medical care is, just say two words, Anne Fontaine. Anne Fontaine. Anne Fontaine. 
Mended Hearts telephone number locally is 919-784-375. Looks like a six. Yeah, six. Put your Sorry. glasses on. i put my glasses on. The problem is I still can't see because the computer screen's too far away. <laughs> 919-784-3756. That's Mended Hearts. When I Googled it, it ended up on a UNC Rex Healthcare website. Oh, boy. So I'm just saying that that's okay because the support group can be contacted through that. Patricia in Wendell, thank you for waiting. How are you, Patricia? Uh, fine. How are you? Good. What's up? Uh, well, I, I listen to your show all the time, and I really do uh, find what there's something's echoing. Yes. Uh, well, anyway, my husband was just uh, diagnosed with AFib. He's yes. 84 years old. Um, he does have that peripheral artery disease right. where he took two blockers. Well, the doctor, the heart doctor, did a stress test. Right. And they uh, changed his medicine. Matter of fact, she said she usually don't like to do that, but she changed two or three medicines. And Patricia, put on with, yes. I'm sorry. How old is he again? 83. 83. He's okay. a youngster. Yeah, he's got a lot yeah, of time. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, what? Why I'm calling? Since they changed all his medicine, he keeps on getting edema, and he gets very sick to his stomach. Like I actually see it moving, and uh, he asks us to be taken to the emergency. Wow! And we've been there three or four times. They usually have to put him in there, take the water off, and he's not getting any better, and it's. They'll ask, well, when did this start? It started when they changed his medicine on November the 7th. I took him to the ER on the 12th, November the 19th, December the 16th, and January the 10th. Yeah. So okay. my Patricia, now, yeah. yeah, we can sort of sense what your question is. I'm going to ask Dr. Weefall to comment on well, you know, Let me a ask her a after, few questions. Yeah. Is he still what? is he still in AFib? He hasn't gone back to normal, right? No, I yeah. guess right now he's in he's in a, a rehab. Yeah, and he's getting worse. And right now, like his right arm, it is so saturated, the water is pouring yeah. out of it. So he's filling up with fluid. Let me ask you: Did they talk about something called an ablation to fix the AFib and make it go away? They just said he had AFib and he had he went into heart failure twice. Yeah. Well, let me let me just say, I'm and not his doctor. Nothing they could do for him. Just uh, the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the heart doctor. Yeah, I'm not his doctor, so I can't tell you what to do about him because I don't know all the details. But one of the things you should ask um, is he a candidate to get his atrial fibrillation fixed, either by a cardioversion, where they you've seen that on TV, where they put you to sleep and hook you up to this, these paddles, and they shock the heart back to normal rhythm. Um, I have had a lot of success with something called ablation, which is a permanent cure. They put little tubes and catheters up into the heart and find out where the electricity has gone haywire and, and fix it by burning out the bad electricity bundles. And so, you know, 83 is 83. I don't know what he looks like. I mean, having a picture of him would help. But right. I tell you, um, going through a procedure like that carries some risk, but it sounds like the risk may be worth the benefit. 
And, right. you know, your cardiologists sound like they're smart. Ask them. Well, is he a candidate to get one, fixed? The advanced heart doctor said there was nothing they could do for Joe. He said what he had was new. He, he drew me a heart and was telling me how it wasn't opening enough and right. the heart was flooding. And they're not going to do anything. Right. He well, said there was nothing. There is something that is available to all of us. And that's, that's a, a second opinion. And I, even though I'm not taking care of them, I can tell you this. If you have any doubts or questions or concerns, get a second opinion. And okay. if and listen, if you want the names of some doctors I would recommend for a second opinion, yes. call here after the show, and I'll talk to you about it. Oh, okay. All right? When's the show over, honey? All right. God bless when's, you. When's it over? I'll be praying for your when's husband. The, when's the show over in about a minute or two? Oh, Lordy. Oh, okay, so I'll call back. All, All right. right. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. I appreciate it. Patricia and Wendell. That's a terrible situation. Yeah. If somebody notices they are their extremities, their their wrists, their ankles are, are getting bigger. Yeah. Filling with fluid. Yeah. That's an emergency situation. Well, not necessarily emergency, but something you should talk to your doctor about. Okay. All right. I want everybody to listen to this piece of music that was recorded under very unique circumstances. Now, it's obviously a noisy atmosphere. Doctor, where was this recorded? In the operating room of a lady getting brain surgery. Now, the brain doesn't feel pain. There are okay. no pain receptors. So when they do brain surgery, they'll often, you know, they'll, they'll put you to sleep to cut your skull open because that hurts. Yeah. But then once mm. that's open, they wake you up. And so this lady had a brain tumor and she was a violinist and they wanted to make sure when they were cutting out the brain tumor that they didn't get the area by mistake wow. that helped her play the violin. So wow. they woke her up, obviously, and then they started stimulating the brain and cutting out the tumor, and then they said, okay, play the violin while we cut this one area. Oh, my word. And it was awesome. Now, you know I, if I, you know what would happen to me if I had a brain tumor? They'd, they'd be plucking along, and I'd go, oh, there goes high school. Oh, <laughs> oh you got elementary school now. <laughs> but I think neurosurgery is amazing. Wow. And for that reason. Well, that's it. That's heart health for this week. We bless, we're blessed by wonderful people listening and calling. Thanks, James, Lenny, and, and Shorty, and Patricia. And you can listen to this on WPTF.com.